Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Family Business Podcast. I am Ben Timmons, and today I have with us Sabrina Donnelly with Cyber Castle. Mm-hmm. It's good to have you, Sabrina. Thank you, Ben, for helping, letting me be a part of this. Oh, no problem. Let's tell the Family Podcast Nation, all the people in the Family Podcast Nation, a little bit about Cyber Castle and, um, you know, obviously it's a family company, so... Mm-hmm from the start of it to kind of how you got yourself into it and then where you're at, where Cybercastle is now. Absolutely. So Cybercastle is a cybersecurity company. It's kind of in the name (laughs) and also helping companies to simplify that risk within their organization. So we serve kind of the middle market of organizations. We say about 50 to about 2000 employees is really where we serve. Um, and the reason for that, a little bit of the backstory. So mm-hmm. uh, my dad and another co-founder were able to found and we're like, wow, there's a lot out there in the technology space for the enterprise space or like really small companies that they just kind of need basic IT stuff. But all those cyber hackers and attackers are going off of the kind of these middle market companies right and there's not a lot out there that's really serving the unique needs of them and some of the the messiness of the middle market which i kind of like to say that they're growing fast they're learning how to kind of create those processes but there's a lot of a lot of people wearing a lot of different hats and so we really help them to navigate that which i'm sure you're very familiar with oh yeah within that space so uh we were spun out of about a about two decade old technology company as well as a two decade old management consulting company. So we kind of bring both of those together. So it's been really cool. I get to work with my dad day to day. We have the family business side of things, but we also have a business family, which not all of our, you know, our employees are family, but we try to create that culture of kind of teamwork and a little bit of competition, you know, like having siblings and such. Um, But it's, it's really cool. Yes. And cousins, then then we're the the best. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Basically, you you guys, your number one, I guess, uh, decision maker you're trying to reach is a company that's 50 to 2,000 employees. That's kind of your sweet spot. Yes. And somebody who might have security on the back burner because they're trying to run the day-to-day and they just, they're looking for, you know, help. Like they just yeah. don't know what to do. And you guys will not just sell them something standard. You'll actually analyze their situation. Yeah. I mean, a lot of when it comes to kind of risk management is, okay, yes, you could go through this checklist of everything that you could do and you could throw money down that drain forever. Yeah. But what's the return on investment to your unique company, your unique intellectual property, your people, your service? So it's really cool to kind of understand like, where is your business really going? Um, where do you want to go? We really want to work with growing organizations. We actually work with a lot of manufacturing, industrial, mm-hmm. aerospace and defense. Um, and I think like we like to kind of align the executive team and the IT team because it's kind of like it's a whole different language when you're talking about hardware, software, systems. And then it's like, well, how do we talk about growth, business continuity? It doesn't quite translate. So we're kind of that translator in between and also help them make the right decisions. So it's really cool. So explain a little more about that. So you're translating for them. Yeah. So what is, what's like a most common, okay, some FAQs that people have for you guys? So they're often wondering like, is audit and risk the same thing? 
Um, and the answer is audit is kind of part of, hey, we gotta find these uh, right customers, we gotta build trust, but audit's more about our compliance, it's more about cert, like protecting somebody else. Okay. Like, yeah, I wasn't oh, actually sure, so yeah. I'm glad you told me. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's Compliance is a lot about protecting okay. somebody else versus risk management is, okay, our eggs are in these baskets. How do we protect those that's kind of unique to us? Okay. Um, so that's a, that's a key question. Another question is, is it all about technology? Like all bits and bytes. It's like, actually, when it comes to kind of where people get stuck on cybersecurity, it's only 20% of it's technology. What do you think the other 80% might be? Well, I would say it's it's people um, yes. and emails. Yep, lots of emails, <laughs> yes. It's the people process and governance part that where people get tend to get stuck. And that governance piece is like, okay, you're having, you're in your board meeting with your board and you're like, well, we got cybersecurity. I don't even know what the heck that is. And uh, yeah, we'll I, just, our I'll IT director kind of, yeah, he does something. I don't know what he just asks for money sometimes. Yeah. But how you understand like, hey, this is where the future of our business is going. This is like technology's not going away, right? Yeah. So yeah. how do we make sure we can use that as a great tool, but also know that like, basically if you use technology, you're out there. Like, yeah. it, you're, hackers can get to you and they actually find that that middle market is like the juiciest because they don't have the stuff that they need and also like to protect themselves but also they are usually not have like tons and tons of funds that they're like oh we'll just like you yeah. know we'll just have our cyber insurance pay for it it's like well it's almost not a newsworthy thing newsworthy thing anymore when a company yeah is ransomware i mean because I'll talk to people and you'll hear, yeah, we were ransomware, but like, it's never on the news unless it's like a giant company. Yeah. But it's happening all the time. Yes. To companies that are small, mid-sized, because like you said, they just don't have things in place, and a lot of them do have cash flow, and you can mm -hmm. these hackers do see the cash flow. They can see this company is has money. They analyze what to ask for on the ransom. Yes. So it's not like they're having some. It's not like an American citizen in a movie, you know, and they're like, give us a bunch of millions of dollars. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an actual number they can give to, for the ransom. Yep. When you do come up onto something like that, you kind of like, you know, well, I got to run my business. Like, exactly. You know, I mean, I don't yeah. have time for this. So. Right. Um, so what, how do you get past, like, how do you get through the noise of, you know, everybody's day to day to try to drive that message home? guys is like marketing what you is like what are you doing um with something like that yeah that's a great question a lot of what we do is we're helping that ceo understand okay there's a lot of risks going on there's inflation labor technology there's growth all those different things and we'll kind of speak at that level and say like hey when you guys are talking about risk how much does cyber become a part of that conversation is that a uh, five percent thing is like, like a you don't talk about it at all type thing um if so hey you know a swat analysis are you familiar kind of with that for a business no, why don't you, and such? Why don't you give us the, the swat analysis yeah so swat analysis is actually a business term for strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats okay. it's like hey how are we doing overall in our risk to the business are we checking the boxes that we need to mm -hmm. right and so when we do that at kind of a non-technical level and understanding risk, loss, 
growth, right? Mm -hmm. Then we can connect and say like, well, it seems like kind of based on your size, you guys probably want to be at this level. Like if you're making, uh, if every minute or every hour you're making, I don't know, $10,000 or something like that, mm -hmm. or maybe like uh, $250. Or like yeah. That. Yep. How much would that cost if you were down for X amount of time? How long could you be okay with, hey, we're if we're down for five hours, I think we'll be okay. If we're down for a week, maybe we'll be okay. We're down for a month. I don't know if we could we could do that, right? Yeah. And so that kind of helps them to understand from a revenue and from a cost and a growth standpoint. And then from there, they're like, okay, well, what do you want to do about it? How can we help? We're happy to be a resource. So yeah. we actually do what we call like a cyber snapshot. It's like an okay. hour session where they kind of get an idea of where they're at from the business standpoint and the technical standpoint. And they kind of get a grade of how are we doing? Um, and that's with real people. It's not like you click a button and it does something random, like mm -hmm. real people that understand business and technology. So it's it's really cool. It's I think that's really unique. There's not much out there in the cyber space that does that. Usually they're just like, here's a tool that you can use. It'll solve all your problems. Silver bullet. That's that's bull crap. That that doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah. There's other elements. So yeah. Yeah. So what's what's like a a grade that you guys are given out in a SWOT analysis that's mm -hmm. like, is a C decent? Is a B kind of where most people are falling in at? Like, what do you see across yeah. the board? I would say in the mid-sized business space, there's a lot of people that are unfortunately kind of C and D. I've seen a couple that are like A, and that's because they've usually had someone from a larger company come in and they've like hired on and kind of transferred okay. the whole department. But really a, a B is probably good kind okay. of for a mid-sized business you want to just do enough to move on are you familiar with the term getmo no i'm not it's good enough to move on right <laughs> we it, you know it's that's actually a good business practice well, yeah too. i would say if you get good enough to move on you're doing well yeah <laughs> like if you could just have that stamp all right you guys are getmo that's your score okay <laughs> let's look at it again and what does it take to get to that point um i think a lot of areas of business um, because people are like, I feel like I don't know enough about this or I just don't have time. Yeah. Let me just kind of put it aside and hope something doesn't happen. But if they could have that visibility of, oh, we're actually only this much like far away from it mm -hmm. to be good enough to move on. And it's like, okay, that's security. Yeah. I can go actually focus on making money now. So yes. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just an unfortunate reality of, you know, cost of business right now yeah and it's not going away it's not like we're gonna go back to the fax machines or anything so yeah <laughs> yes i think the unfortunately like the average ransomware cost is like 1.8 million dollars like from yeah. the like the actual ransom paid to like all the operational disruption okay yeah which that is crazy sense. like if you're thinking about Total like cost of the whole thing yeah damage against the company Exactly. Okay. And reputation is another key thing, yeah. especially if trust is like really important. I mean, think about having like piggy banks or a clear jar, like it's all the way to the top, the cost of an attack versus the mitigating cost is like, it's much smaller than that. So I think a lot of people just need to, there's a lot of fear of, oh my goodness, like we only have so many resources. I just yeah. won't look at it. Right. But it's, it's, it's nice to have that clarity. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Um, you know, there's a lot of parallels to 
selling roofing and selling cyber. Really? You Tell know? me about that. I mean, so basically you're talking about a mitigate is a lot smaller amount. Well, same yes. thing with roofs. If you don't know what's up there, you might end up having to replace the whole thing because it's been leaking. But it yes. doesn't leak in the building necessarily mm -hmm. right away. So if you get somebody up there, fixes a little hole, that little hole could have turned into a whole new roof replacement or a whole section. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny how many you know parallels are. Right. And, and we don't do a SWOT analysis, but we do an inspection. You know? Yes. So it's kind of the same thing. So. Yeah. So you could probably come sell some roofs. I, so. I probably could <laughs> sell some roofs. Yeah. So let, let me let me try it. Let me let me try my pitch. Okay. So. You've got your roof. You may have mm -hmm. a little leak, but there's now there's you might have patched it, but there's mold growing there. Oh yes. There and then be. there's restoration kind of challenges, and while that's happening, you don't even know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Then later, when you kind of peel the layer back, it's like, oh my goodness, our whole area exactly. is. I didn't realize how bad this was. Yeah, that's what happens. So there could be two layers on a roof, right? Yeah. And you can only have two roofs on your roof. I know yeah. this is, um, I like this kind of stuff. Yeah. So there's only two, you can only have two layers on your roof per code. Then you got to tear it off and you got to come back with 4.4 inches of insulation. Mm. That's R25. That's the code in Ohio. And it's expensive. It's really yeah. expensive now. Everything's went up. But if you are able to keep your insulation dry, I mean, that's always going to be good because then you could... You don't have to tear it off and everything's right. so expensive and you might be able to coat it if it's dry and that's not another roof that's just like a silicone on top of it mm -hmm. so there's i mean i love roofs so like we could talk about it all day but yeah. um a lot of similarities for yeah. sure it's, it's preventative over reactive yes and it's really detrimental to be reactive in cybersecurity. oh as yeah actually so. what's a really interesting statistic so hackers tend or cyber criminals that's the more accurate term mm -hmm. they'll tend to find a little leak into the system uh -oh. first and then they'll just kind of sit there for a while and they'll notice the processes and the systems of your business mm -hmm. and you have no idea um and then what happens is it starts to you know the insulation starts to deteriorate un unnoticed <laughs> until oh my goodness our roof our building is out of code and now we've got to spend x amount of time that we did not plan to have to restore this and that's the key right if you mm -hmm. know that hey we got to replace this roof it's on our kind of building maintenance schedule it's just kind of budgeted in but yep. if you had to do it suddenly you're like oh my goodness this is such a sticker shock yeah it's yeah. a sticker shock and it's an inconvenience mm -hmm. and it's like wow okay this would have been way less stressful if we actually had planned for this kind of thing. Is that kind of similar in terms of... Well, you're definitely talking roofing language. Yeah, so, so you, cool. You might get some phone calls from some roofers. <laughs> you, you just really explained it well for them to understand. There you go. <laughs> so, I mean, we could probably go on and on about the cybersecurity stuff. But mm -hmm. I do want to get into a little bit of your journey in the family business. Yes. Um, so I guess let's... like. Was it always, was there always a family business when you were growing up from, you know, like as far back as you can remember? Yes. And I guess, did you ever work in the family business when you were or, or around it? Like, was it influential on in your, your upbringing? Oh, extremely influential. So both of my parents, they call themselves serial entrepreneurs. <laughs> so they've actually started, uh, it's, 
think seven for-profit companies and two nonprofits, so nine total oh, wow. organizations. It's a, uh, a lot of stuff going on right Yeah, there. Cybercastle was the ninth. Okay. So growing up, I got to see a lot of the cool interactions and people, and they uh, used to do kind of a consumer packaged goods type thing, and there was like pickup and our like product pickup in our garage, and I was like, oh, this is so cool, <laughs> and um, I used to I remember when I was growing up and talking to my dad. I would always ask questions and somehow the answer was always supply and demand. I don't know how it was always, but the answer was always supply and demand. It's like the OG business advice, supply and demand. I guess so. And maybe it's just because my little brain was thinking about economics so much that all my questions were about supply and demand. I don't know. Um, so it was cool to kind of grow up in that. But there's also challenges when you have nine different businesses yeah, that go say. along with that. Is it about the same group of people involved or is it different people in this one different people in that business or yeah how, how's that look that's a great question so a couple of them were started and my family kind of put teams in place and then mm -hmm. exited or oversaw it we're on the board for a bit okay. and actually what's really cool about cyber castle is i feel like it's kind of the culmination of connections uh we, they started businesses in ohio mm -hmm. california China, uh, they did a lot of business in Europe as well, Midwest region. Okay. So a lot of the connections, I feel like, that's why Cybercast is such an awesome team now. It's kind of like the best of the best on our team, which is the really cool. business squad. It kind of together. is. <laughs> it's like the all-star team that we could have. And we've also learned a lot as a family too. We've gotten to work with a lot of other family businesses, um, many industries, many services. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of learning in that. And it's also, like I said, family business is at the absolute best. It can also be the absolute worst. And it's kind of how you learn to navigate those things and also having like people around you that help you in those areas. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're pretty similar. I would say in one, one pr perspective is like, there's a couple people in the office at Technic Roofing mm -hmm. that have been around for a long time. I mean, Chad and Mark and, you know, Chad used to like take care of our cattle and would take us down to cattle shows. Yes. I'm still surprised my mom, like let him drive me and my brother without <laughs> anybody else, you know, cause she, we were her babies obviously. But, um, is that kind of how Cybercastle is now? You have a lot of people have been around a, a long time and that you've known throughout the years or is it a group, has it grown and now it's more of new blood as opposed to old blood? Yeah. I, I feel like. Uh, one of the people we met, we did when a company that we, my parents were in China, that was a high tech manufacturing company. Uh, two of them were from kind of actually client connections that we ended okay. up meeting. Um, some are just from family as well. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to see how that team, and I think the, the, the key to doing any family business well is understanding the uniqueness of each kind of person, the gifting they bring. And really yeah, seeing how good. they fit within that role versus, well, we just need a role filled and you're a body in a seat. So here you go. Here's, here's your <laughs> role, right? Um, that's, that's one way to do it. It can lead to some challenges. It's a good short term, I think, kind of solution. It could work out very low chance though, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay to kind of have someone start in that place, but then also kind of over time be like, their strength and their gifting and their talents really here. 
um, and then allowing them to move into that and thrive. And then they're going to train up people that are thriving in that area too and such and such. So that's a lot easier said than done, especially when you're trying to find talent or in a family business. But unless you kind of have that mindset, uh, you won't be able to get there. So it's always a challenge, but it's a, it's a good challenge. It definitely is a challenge. Um, a lot of people don't understand it. You know, I mean, a lot of people will never go in business with their family members. Yeah. And, and some people recommend don't to do it. Like that's a bad idea, but I, th- yeah. I th- you know, for me, I think that w- the best thing about the family company, like a technique roofing is I know the best intentions are, or what they have for the company. Like there's no, mm-hmm. there, you never have, to, I mean, you can trust these people. Like, yes. I trust a hundred percent when they say they're going to do something that they're going to do it as best as they can or like there's no malicious intent it's everybody's working together yeah and it's just trying to find your role and make sure you, you know you're not overstepping or and, and i don't even want to say overstepping just like make sure you find what you're good at mm-hmm. and try to get into a spot like that that you can excel right and you know bring some value to the family business I mean, you yeah want, everybody wants to do good i mean no one wants to be the worst family business guy <laughs> i mean yeah but um it's very interesting all the the companies i've talked to so far like before they were in the family business and then they started one mm-hmm. i mean a lot of people they've always been in it some have started in something else got some experience and then went into the family business yeah and i know you have like you obviously you did some other things besides mm-hmm. always being in the family business has that made you appreciate like the culture of the family business now? Yes. Like, speak on that a little bit, like that your experiences and how you feel it has, you know, made you look at family business differently. Absolutely. So I got to, when I was in high school, I started kind of interning within one of my, uh, one of my, within one of my dad's businesses. Mm-hmm. And this was before Cyber Castle. Okay. Um, and you know, you learn a lot, but you're kind of learning things out of context. You don't really know the way the rest of the world works and such. So after going to college and such, I got a couple different internships, a couple different places, and you kind of learn the pros and cons, and you kind of learn also the dynamics of like small business, medium, large company. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you learn the values and the different leadership styles you connect with. Uh, my husband and I ended up moving to New Orleans for a couple years right when we got married just to kind of be like, let's kind of form who we are first, mm-hmm. right? And I think it was actually twofold. One, it, it kind of helped me see, wow, there are some things in our business, in our kind of family that we got to address. We got to be more proactive on these so that mm-hmm. we don't end up like some families that fight and hate each other. Yeah, um, yeah. But on the other sense, I'm like, you know there's an element of family business that there's a soul to it. It's more of an organism than just a like institution, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. And there's usually a, there's a lot more of a goal to serve the community that it's in. And that's not something that you can just do by throwing money at something. It's more, there's an intentionality of, Hey, we, we really want to do this in our community. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's, that is a big um, difference that I've seen. Um, so yeah, it's a, 
it's a cool dynamic. And I am very glad that I got some experience back. My, my dad recommended, Hey, get ex- other experience first yeah, and right. then come back. Um, so yeah, it was a good opportunity. Good. Who, so who do you all work with in the family? Like who is at the company now? Is it just you and your dad or is there more family? Yeah, great question. So it's me and my dad and one of my cousins are okay. a part of it. Uh, and then the rest are kind of more business family. So, okay. yes. And something else you do is the young professionals. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to mess up the word. It's how do you? It's at work on purpose. Okay, at yes, work on purpose. You got the it. Acronym. So it's a handful, yes. What is the acronym for it? Uh, it's AWOP. A-W-O-P. Yes. For context, it's uh, like it's purpose-driven professional development that's affordable for younger people. Yeah. Actually, you bring up a really good point in this. So there's, I think a lot of family businesses tend to think like, hey, this one business is our business. So family, if you're not really like ready for this little, this thing, mm-hmm. you're not really part of the family business. Um, the way that my family has kind of seen it is, well, this is the, um, this is the family ecosystem. Yeah. And there can be a couple different businesses within that. So my brother is actually starting up his own Lego reseller business. Mm-hmm. Um, my, um, husband is part of YP AWOP, which is the professional development. He's the operations director there. Mm-hmm. Um, my youngest brother's still too young. Uh, and my sister is doing more like, uh, more of the community and kind of service aspect to it. So although it's not technically all under kind of the, our family name, we see yeah. that as kind of our family ecosystem. And I actually think that's a really... It's a healthy way to think about it because it's possible, hey, this person might be the right fit in the future, or maybe yeah. as a governance or board role or an advisory role, um, or they'll actually find people, or maybe they'll have kids, or they'll be aunts and uncles that are, then that's, they can kind of find their space within that. Um, so I think that's a really, that's an, a refreshing way to think about it. Too. Yeah, it is. I mean, I've never... I never heard anyone speak on it like that. It's yeah. Not, it's, a, it's definitely a refreshing way to think about it. I mean, you don't ever want to close them doors to people you know and trust. Yes. I mean, especially if a role comes up that they could fit right into. I mean, yeah. there, there's always stuff. I mean, you never know what the future holds. Right. But I don't know. If, could we get into AWOP a little bit? Like, yeah, sure. Um, Happy to. Kinda how long you've been doing that and... Um, how that has affected your professional development? Yeah, so At Work On Purpose was actually a key, so there's two different areas. There's one that's called experienced professional, so it's more of the people in my dad's generation. Mm-hmm. That's It's basically roundtables for people to learn and have a community. The young professional side is what I'm a part of. It's very similar, but also provides a lot of mentorship from the kind of generation before us. Um, and it talks about things from a, um, kingdom perspective as well, which I think is really cool. So definitely it is. And and how long have you been there? I've been a part of that for about two years, which is actually, they only started the YP division about two years ago. The regular division has been around like 30 years, which is really cool. Yeah. The young professionals, but the the AWOPs, so the AWOPs been about two years and it's been going on. 
so AWOP overall is actually like 30 years old. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a oh, cool organization. But YP, which is like the young professional, was just founded about okay. two years ago. What is something that has really changed your perspective or anything recently that you've ran across? One of my, my best mentor and boss and my CEO, although I work with my dad, is my heavenly dad, which is God, which is... And I was having a conversation and I was like, you know, I need to look up some case studies online to figure out like how to navigate whatever this business thing is. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, you know, the Bible is the most complete compilation of case studies on human nature that there is. (laughs) Like, you know, we, we just talked about mentorship, succession planning, Moses to Joshua, transferring yeah, yep. a 40,000 person organization over to a new leader, right? Yeah. And so it's it's cool to see and then be able to discuss with other kind of like-minded, business-minded people and understand how do you do that practically? Because if there's best practices that have been working for thousands of years, how do we kind of get in the flow of that versus having to invent everything ourselves? Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of... Um, when my fam, when my parents were growing up, there was a phrase, leadership is lonely. Um, and it is, but I think if we seek out people that are leading in a similar capacity and that can come around and, and help keep you accountable, help mentor mm-hmm. you, you end up kind of skipping a lot of the pain that can come with that and move from kind of, okay, we're where we're at now to, to growth and sustainability a little bit easier. Yeah. I mean, everybody's learned mistakes. If you, if you don't have to do the hard thing to learn the mistake, like yes. that, that'd be great. You know? Right. I mean, that's what my dad tells me all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, I've already done them things. You don't mm-hmm. have to learn the hard way. Right. You know, even though I'll probably learn the hard way, but at least like <laughs> there's a chance not to, I mean, yes. it's there. So yeah. I mean, so I'll, one thing I'll say is, so Matthew five forty one. This is probably one of my favorite, like business ways to operate business. Yeah. It's who's ever to compel thee to walk a mile, walk with him twain is what Jesus says. Hmm. So what he means is, and this is where a common, um, common business uh, advice comes from. It's going the extra mile. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know, we go the extra mile over our competitors. Yeah. You know, we, we do the extra mile. Well, what he was saying was he was saying, so they, they can compel you and compel not meaning like inspire you, but like, Hey, you got to grab this stuff and like walk a mile. <laughs> like I'm compelling you, like grab it. And so they would do that. They walk a mile, but he's saying, just go to, so like do what they're not expecting. You know, hmm. like they're forcing you to do this, but just to go two miles. But I think it's been translated kind of wrong. Cause he, he, people translate it to going the extra mile. Hmm. And to me, that kind of sounds like, like I have a cake and, or my competitor has a cake and I have a cake with frosting. Like I went mm-hmm. the extra mile, but when he says go the extra mile, he's literally saying like go a hundred percent more, you know? So I, I think about this a lot. So instead of just, you know, cause if there's a hundred miles and you do, a, if you run a hundred miles, I run 101, like everybody's impressed. Yeah. Like, you know, they both ran a hundred miles, but if I, if you run 50 and I run a hundred, like well, that's a lot more. It's hundred percent more. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously. So, but to th- wrap your head around, can I do a hundred percent more? 
mm-hmm. than someone else? Can I deliver 100% more of a customer experience or 100% better company culture? I mean, that stuff really, I mean, that's like really gets me going, that, that yeah. whole thing. So I, I, I just think it's been translated lightly. And I think he, he really meant like, no, you got to do double. Hmm. You know, if you want to, and like where we're at and, and at work on purpose, you know, you're trying to make leaders, future leaders that mm-hmm. are faith-based. And to me, that phrase really means a lot because it's going to take double the effort to really, you know, create these faith-based leaders for the next generation yeah. as opposed to just a leader. Yeah, it takes intentionality. So. I think that's mm-hmm. what you're saying. Yeah, it exactly. takes an intentional yeah. effort to have the right culture, have the right leadership. It's not just something that you can be like, well, I hope it kind of happens. It does take extra work, which sometimes means an extra hour or 30 minutes or or whatever, Mm -hmm. or it can mean just a different shift in mindset. And I think when you start to shift that mindset, then you kind of see things through that lens and you're like, oh, that's different. There's an opportunity. Actually, we could do this pretty easily. And it's just a slight shift compared to other companies out there. Yeah. But then you're going to retain the right people, which again, that's the big challenge right now is talent. Yeah. It definitely is for everybody. Yes. Um, One of my favorite um, faith principles, which I believe this is in Ephesians talking about um, the different giftings that people have. So there's a whole list of like spiritual gifts and such, but there's also, there will be some that are prophets, evangelists, Mm -hmm. apostles, teachers and pastors and what it talks about is the the church which you can think about church as a building i like to think about it's it's everyone it's the body of christ together Mm -hmm. if you don't have all five together they're just going to see from one perspective and one person in fact they can believe very similar things but they're just going to see something slightly differently it's not going to be wrong. That's just the gifting that, and the talent, the uniqueness they have. Yeah. So the, the key is helping and having someone to help facilitate, oh, these different giftings together are so much more powerful than without mm-hmm. and not focus so much on, well, this person's right or this person's wrong or whatever. And in the context of business, that's so important when you have a team and, and in terms of creating that culture too. Especially I, family business too. Yes, Exactly. And it's not putting someone in a box. Mm-hmm. Actually, my family did an exercise where they, we kind of um, understood. This is actually really cool. I'd highly recommend this. We sat down as a family and said, hey, I want you to write down the unique gifting that your, your sister has, and then your brother has, and then your dad has, and your mom has. It's a little <laughs> awkward at first. But when we did that, and then we had someone, and we put them in the hot seat. They're like, okay. Now I want everyone to write down what you saw the uniqueness that that person has. And we had someone kind of draw out on a whiteboard, like all the different giftings of each person. And then as a whole, as a family and number one, it was so encouraging to realize like, wait, my, my siblings think this about me. Like what? They they never say this. Right. Or my, even for my parents, like, wait, my, my, my kids think this like actually is cool about me. Okay. Awesome. But even more, when we saw that all on the whiteboard together, we were like, wait, we're actually really balanced. If you look at the whole family from that perspective, um, cause we can all complain about how 
my brother does this and it's annoying and my sister does this and I don't get it. But you realize like without them having that perspective and that gift, you actually, there'd be something missing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's really good. I mean, that's one thing I've noticed in our family businesses, the Mm -hmm. differences and opinions and you need that balance, you know, like you need, you need someone like myself that's like making ideas out of thin air and like, yeah. Hey, let's do this. Visionary. Let's do this. And then you need somebody else is like, yeah, hold, slow down a little bit there, uh-huh. like, you know? And it's, it's great to have that balance. And, and the perspective is the differences in perspective is a good, a good one too, because I see things a lot different than my cousin Sarah mm-hmm. does. And she, you know, she's the secretary and she also owns part of the company as well. And that difference really comes to a nice productive balance. Yes. And I mean, you don't really, you don't see it sometimes because you might, it might seem like she is, you know, knocking what I do, but really she's just seen it through her lens. Yeah. And it, it takes some perspective to know that though. Yeah. And to understand that, you know, maybe she don't understand what I'm doing or maybe I don't understand what she's doing. Mm-hmm. But if we talk about it and we have that discussion, then everybody's in this at least real close to the same page. And right. I think it's, we have such a really good balance in our family business. Like me, my dad, my uncle, we're basically all the same people. Yeah. And then everybody else is like the complete opposite person. Yes. Yeah, the operations and, <laughs> and like, execution. It's and, craziness. Yeah. So it's, it's really fun to, to be around, you know, around everybody. Like yeah. That, so. And honestly, our, our team did a similar exercise where we kind of, and we were mapping out, Hey, like if we're going to hire someone, what makes up a cyber castle? team member and Mm -hmm. how we actually came about it was okay we think of something you really appreciate about one of our team members you don't have to say who it is but we're going to write that down and then we're going to kind of compile like this is the culture of cyber castle um and through that we're like yeah well this actually summarizes what we do really well and then you can hire family if they fit within that if they don't just because they're family doesn't mean that they're the yeah. right grab. But we could also hire non-family that even if they're not family, they kind of fit within that. It's kind of like your core values. Is that kind yes. of along yep. those lines? Yep. Ours are uh, team spirit, communication, and pioneering. Because we do a pioneering. lot of That's innovation. Yeah. Because the cyberspace, again, mm-hmm. we're, it's a whole new market, right? Oh, definitely. It's a whole new kind of way of doing things and also changes daily. So it has to be someone that's willing to look at kind of what the best practice is, but then also see, well, how do we help this company with this? Not just so one size fit all cookie cutter, but yeah. how do we help to um, see it from that perspective? So well, yeah, cool. I mean, you're welcome to borrow that <laughs> <laughs> or any of our audience. You're welcome to, to borrow that. Well, you, I mean, definitely you got to be pioneers. I mean, I think everybody should be pioneering their industry for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, cyber just, it's more obvious, like, yeah. like where the technology grows so fast and, right. and roofing is obviously, because no one knows anything about roofs and it's not in the mainstream <laughs> media about roofs all the right. time. But I mean, you gotta continue to learn in your industry and, and be in the forefront because mm-hmm. somebody else will come along and you'll be like, why didn't I do that? Yeah. So, um, well, anything else you can think of that we didn't touch on? No, I think that's good for now. Any other questions about family business or cybersecurity, risk management? 
I mean, I have a lot of questions on cybersecurity. I, <laughs> I, I have a lot of unknowns, so I, we might have to get together after this and figure something out to do a SWOT analysis at our yeah. At company. Yeah, cyber <laughs> snapshot. And also, any any of the viewers who are watching, if you guys ever want clarity or have like those kind of FAQs that you're like, get this at all I feel like this is a super dumb question it's not it's not a dumb question it's a it evolves so fast that you need someone that can kind of translate that into understanding from the business standpoint yeah so yeah feel free to contact me I'm always happy to help or talk about rising generation or family business or any of those topics so well thank you Sabrina I appreciate you coming on and thank you for watching family business podcast episode four absolutely